Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well, and thanks for listening in again to the Replatform podcast. Uh, so uh, it's me, as always, James, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, we've got an interesting topic today, the one that's at the uh, forefront of our minds. Uh, we're going to be chatting about the 48 hours before a new site launch and what chaos that brings to people. So you've just been through um, a, a couple of major launches. How's the sanity levels working out? Yeah, definitely getting there now. I feel like um, one of them was fairly, like just a lot of bugs and things with one of them. And the other one, there was a lot more stuff happening still in the build up to the project. So it's been quite stressful with those happening like concurrently. Um, but yeah, definitely feel a lot better now that they're both live and now it's just on to kind of making sure that they're kind of, yeah, performing well and the site's trading properly and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? I'm right in the heart. I have a launch going tomorrow and, and you know, unlike you, I normally do more high level consultancy and I'm not always involved at this stage of the project. And there's a good reason for that because I'm remembering what, what fun it is to be working like 16 hour days to get stuff over the line but it's all good it's all worth it when you see it live so for everyone listening the aim of our chat today is is we're going to do a completely um like freestyle session with me and paul where we're just going to talk about the realities of being 48 hours out to launch and what you need to focus on how you need to like get your tunnel vision on and not get distracted and how you need to kind of bat things away that are not critical for launch and that just lose essential time because the last thing you want to do is lose focus on the things that make or break your ability to go live so that's uh does that sound like a good enough setup paul to what we're going to rabbit on about today yeah absolutely yeah i think it's a really good topic as well and uh, yeah the first one that we've freestyled so it'd be interesting to see how it goes yeah exactly it's quite nice been having both of us being so like absolutely ocd discipline over the last few weeks with checklists and uh, and constantly like task managing it's quite nice to not have a predefined set of things to talk about and just go right what is it actually like so i'll start with the question for you is when you're 48 hours out with a client and the project has to get over the line and, you, and it's a categorical okay it's it's tuesday it's got to be live by thursday we're not pushing it into next week we won't go live on a friday what do you focus on and why yeah i guess um you uh, made a comment earlier um around kind of being t- uh, like staying tunnel vision so yeah i think a big part of it for me is like prioritizing and we talked about this in the past and how ultimately you just need to really focus on if there's anything where it's going to impact trade customer experience uh you are the one that you've said a few times compliance um then they need to be priority number one and i guess if there's anything outstanding in any areas related to those you kind of need to drop everything else and just um i find so like having gone through this very recently um i definitely found like there was a, so one of the things that i was like obsessing over was hreflang in this case and um we ended up creating this like really complex like matrix for hreflang because you have very different you essentially have very different catalogs for three very different international stores um and then that has knock-on effects on content pages um the category hierarchy and everything else um, so we ended up creating this really complex solution and then basically I, I was spending all my time like debugging it and like, um, deleting certain references and then adding new ones, etc. Um, and then whilst this was happening, there were people just kind of constantly contacting me about different front end, very minor front end bugs and, uh, very minor like configuration things and stuff like that. And I think you've just got to focus on the things that 
are going to kind of impact. So for me, I always say SEO is like a really key one that is very often kind of um, underestimated in terms of the importance and also something that might seem minor could actually be much bigger with SEO. So that's one that I think you should always focus on. And I think, yeah, it's just a case of really like trying to do the things that are going to prevent any kind of long, long lasting impacts um, and also anything that's going to, yeah, kind of, affect the experience i guess once you launch yeah i think that's i think that's the key thing like what what i've been reminded of in the last few days is is a couple of things so number one is just being obsessive with communication with stakeholders to set expectations because you've what i find is when you're going to the wire and it's a stressful period leading up to launch and let's face it right it's not it's not stress-free is it the, the days before launch are just chaotic with shit loads of stuff that goes wrong yeah. at the last minute and you have to deal with it on the hoof um yeah. if people aren't communicated with really really clearly you i find that people just go off like like crazy rabbits doing things that you don't want them to do like someone will go into a cms because somebody said this needs to change and this isn't broken they'll fit they'll change something in cms that hasn't been agreed and shouldn't be done and it's taken focus away from a core task they should be doing that is needed in order to get the site live like fixing a broken page for example so i think the communication of, of being very clear of people and saying we are not doing this before launch this will not get fixed or resolved please leave it but these are the tasks that each of you has to achieve by 24 hours before um by whatever time before and by the morning of the launch that that to me it, is something as a project lead is, is a critical bit and I've kind of had to kick myself up the backside to be really microscopic microscopically clear with people so that they learn to focus because I think in the heat of battle it's very easy to lose focus it's a natural human reaction and it needs somebody on top of it saying don't don't go and do something crazy over here please yeah absolutely yeah and I guess the only other one that we've not that we've not um mentioned is I get when you kind of come to that point um, where you're literally just about to launch and you've got kind of certain like last test scripts that you're running through or you've got kind of those tasks around putting different third parties into production and like all those final checks um, and various other things. Um, I guess, again, those little mini distractions that can come in um, that maybe aren't a priority and you could accept going live with. It's still just a case of kind of staying calm and focused and not just um yeah i guess not um compromising on the testing and the checks and that kind of launch checklist yeah exactly i think that's a really important thing is it is you plan in advance knowing that the last 48 hours are when people start start getting a bit like panicky if something's not right and you have your checklist and that defines what you've got to do and you keep people on that checklist and all you do is react to a, a P1, something that's a blocker, something that means the site's broken, you can't go live without it. Anything else becomes noise. It's like, we want to change the font on this page. Great, we'll do that after launch. Or this image isn't quite right. We want to check, it's like, this stuff will not stop yeah. us trading. It will not stop us going live. And if we obsess about it, we'll never get the site live. I think I think you're absolutely bang on that. And I have to keep reminding myself of my checklist of like, don't worry about these other things because it's very yeah. easy and it's natural human tendency. You see something, you go, oh, we could make that better. So like, who cares? <laughs> you can always make things better. That's yeah. life, but just get on with getting it live. Yeah, completely agree. Um, the the other thing that, that I've uh, 
that I think is absolutely essential. And this is this is definitely not the hopefully not the day before, but a couple of days before is a full catalog sweep to look at all of the product categories and all the product list pages, etc and validate, get the people who are responsible for product pricing to validate the pricing data is correct. And people are responsible for merchandising to ensure like images and product data is correct. Because it's amazing how even if you've been really scrupulous in, in product data uploads, depending on the complexity of your product catalog, you always get a few little gremlins in there and you want to tease those out, whether that's a missing image or price isn't displaying or you've got completely the wrong product title just go through with, uh, with a fine tooth comb and split that across enough people who will have the time to do it. I don't know what your approach is to, to doing product catalog um, checks. Yeah, uh, um, it's an interesting one. I guess like what I would, I think that equivalent or like that principle applies to loads of different areas, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really important one. And I think it's, it's always worthwhile. And again, and a lot of that also, so think you've got things like pricing and stuff, which is important. And also you've got the SEO side to that, which I keep banging on about as well. Um, I think the other one is um, essentially, so around that time or maybe slightly earlier, um, you've probably just put like your uh, integrations into like, or dependent on how you set up your integrations, but you might have just gone into production mode with like your ERP and the integration. You might have just put your payment um, providers into production mode um, and there'll probably be other things that are like newly set up I guess it could have a knock-on effect with uh, different flows around the integration um, and I think that's another thing that's um, the, the equivalent of what you just said basically but for that side of things as well and also in terms of and the pricing was the, you, the point you made around pricing was the thing that made me think about it but also kind of like doing updates um, kind of running updates and um, yeah, and just making sure that kind of they're working as expected and, and maybe like testing different kind of, uh, basically just as many different types of flows that are going to impact that kind of stuff as possible and just make sure it's all working as expected. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the, the point is when you've got third party integrations uh, yeah, and your own obviously back office of integrations, pointing stuff to the live and then having to do a full back um, end to end check because doing UAT, you'll do loads and loads of end-to-end -end order testing, like putting through orders and different payment methods, cancelling orders, doing RMA, you name it. Um, we've got, with the, the, the client I'm working with at the moment, a jewellery company, they've got a full production management system app that sits off the back of the uh, e-commerce system where there's a separate flow within that to push jewellery items through production flows, which then updates back into the e-commerce backend. So the end-to-end the -end stuff has to be tested in there as well. And it's amazing when you point stuff at live that if you don't retest every single bit of it, you can end up with something that's a bit of a uh, showstopper on the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, there's usually little bits of that that are forgotten as well. Um, and for me, I mean, payment for loan is massive, like really making sure, like you could almost have like a little checklist in itself for payments and like little things like making sure that if you want to do authorizing capture, um, that that's all set up, making sure that 3D secure is working properly, like making sure that like things are being, um, uh, like all the different line items are stacking up correctly. Um, yeah. And particularly like if you're using like a platform like Magento, I think you would end up needing to do like a lot of testing around how different scenarios are working through the integration as well. Um, and just making sure that the right kind of statuses and error, um, errors and things like that are being passed back into Magento and there aren't any kind of like little anomalies. Um, 
yeah, on that side. And yeah, I, I guess like ultimately what you'd probably end up doing is kind of dividing and conquering and doing that kind of sweep essentially across different areas. And you probably have like, you know, merchandising teams might um, approach uh, certain areas and then finance teams might look at like payments and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, and vice versa. But yeah, I think that's like, I guess that's kind of a big part of that like launch plan really, isn't it? Just kind of having that, um approach in different areas yeah i think it's it's the it's been it's allocating specific things to people because you can't do everything yourself you've got to have people taking ownership because if they don't understand and haven't properly tested um then are they in a fit position once it's live to do the the proper live processes so i think that's yeah it's it's essential you get them in the the payment bit is critical as well like often you find that people will test you say can you test the checkout test the payment they go yeah it works but have they tested all the all the different options have they tested all the different payment methods if there's in store as well and if you're using the e-commerce system through a front end in the store rather than using a different pos system have you tested the in-store mode and the install payment methods um have you tested every single place where an order can be placed and if every different type of payment method gets in as you were saying in the right format into the right status in the back end with the right pricing, etc. It's actually, it sounds it sounds horrific, but it's really doable if you just have a simple map of the ones that you need to do that final validation on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, even if you've got like really um, like advanced, detailed test scripts for UAT, um, there's always going to be things that you can only really test like in the kind of almost production state um so yeah I, I think that's like it's almost like another level of testing isn't it that just needs to be there yes 100 percent um and what do you normally find trips people up what are the things because my, my experience of this is it doesn't matter how well organized you are and how good the technology is and the technology partners these are complex projects with you know, hundreds and hundreds of different work streams and lots of stakeholders involved and inevitably things do go wrong. So what are the things that you found uh, trip up, trip, trip people up the most and that, like, what yeah. do you do to try and mitigate that? Yeah, so I guess um, some of the things that I've seen that have kind of come up um, at the um, the last, what's the phrase? Like there's a phrase, the last, um, I can't remember what it is, but yeah. Right the last of- minute? <laughs> Uh, yeah, last minute, yeah. Um, the last so, hour. <laughs> so, so, yeah, maybe the final hour. Um, yeah, some of the things that I've seen, or like, I guess even one, maybe not final hour actually, maybe like once you've gone live, little things like that third party's piece is always one where like you might need to change, like there'll be config changes or if you've got different URLs and you've got a staging URL, a test URL, um, and you need to change it to the live domain. Um, there'll be things like when you're switching domain and you haven't uh, done the kind of subdomain versus the um, the main domain. Um, things like um, uh, the so like I had one recently where the uh, in fact I've actually had two recently um, where a postcode lookup solution uh, the basically like wasn't in prod mode on one and didn't have the URL. Uh, the live url on the other and then they didn't work and you essentially would it would be very hard to check out in that scenario um things like uh i guess like some levels of imports as well and things like promo codes and all that kind of stuff like welcome 10 or 
codes that are being used in advertising, but I wouldn't say that's as, as important. Um, SEO is often a big one. Like if you're, you know, right at the last minute, if you're testing redirects and you realize that there's loads of issues or domain or URLs have changed along the way, all that kind of stuff. That's a big one. Um, GA, GTM kind of minor issues I've definitely had in the past. Um, and then I, I guess payments and integrations are the really big ones where like little things have come up Like I did almost go live once. And then there was an issue with, I can't remember what it was, but, um, basically how certain line, I think it was discounting and there was like a really weird scenario. Um, that was actually quite big where, uh, the discount line item wasn't working properly um, and it, it would have really impacted reporting um and finance so we had we ended up kind of delaying launch uh for a couple of days as a result of that um yeah i'm trying to think of other things that essentially like you would that you could that could kind of trip people up um another one that i think can often be missed is like if you've got an international site and uh, little things like on an old site, you might have had a certain way of dealing with uh, like email and social. And one of the things that I always do is have a um, like a catch-all, like a, a GOIP catch-all uh, redirect domain. So something like uh, geo.domainname.com. And then that would always, and basically what that would do is you'd use it for email. Um, and you might, dependent on how your email is set up with different stores and everything else and the integration. But um, basically, so you'd have like geo.clientname.com and then if you're sending, and then you'd have like the product URL and you just put the geo dot in front of it and then it would redirect the user based on their IP address to the correct version of the correct store. And I think stuff like that is um, if, you, if you suddenly realize you don't have that and you've had a solution in the past, that can be a nightmare. Um, I'm trying to think of other things like, um, attribution issues like little things like redirect stripping out tracking parameters and like everyone getting really confused um post launch um but again that's not quite as big um yeah i guess there's loads of different things really aren't there what are some of the ones you've said so i think one of the key ones for me is not having coordinated with your paid media teams to to yeah. switch off paid media campaigns until you're sure the launch has gone smoothly and there are no critical issues with with basically buy-in because um, if you're chucking loads of money, I mean, you've got people who are spending tens of thousands of pounds a day on paid media. If something's suddenly gone wrong with the checkout and you've got to roll back, you don't want to be hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a great one. And also, you don't want to shut loads of traffic at the site if you're having a few um, performance issues in the uh, minutes and hours after launch. So that's got to be closely coordinated. Um, other thing, I'm just trying to think. So, uh, yeah, definite one for me is not telling the third parties you work with you're going live. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're working with search partners, uh, you know, on-site search engines, merchandising, personalization, data feed partners, whoever it is, you know, review engines, just let them know, make them sure that, that um, you've got your right contacts, your technical contacts aligned with your development team so that if there's a P1 post-launch that they're aware of it and they will expedite it rather than you're through a standard support thing. Uh, it's just, it's, I, I think it's simple things like that just to make sure everybody knows and they're on standby to help basically yeah. um, the the other stuff i think is the no brainers it's it's you know don't don't sign off the site unless your checklist of p1 blockers has been signed off by people so you yeah. know you, the checkout is working um orders are working 
um, all of the things that a site has to have in order for it to function in the business to be able to deal with the customer orders and the customer inquiries. I think that 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 bit just make sure the checklist is validated and you haven't just pushed the button simply because you've got a 10 a.m. deadline. Yeah, I think um, I've just thought of a good one actually that um, I didn't think of before. Uh, little, like essentially how you approach the DNS and making sure you bring the like, time to live right down. Um, and just making sure that you're kind of confident with all domains and everything on that side. So I've definitely seen that cause some issues, particularly on the day of launch where, yeah, yeah basically DNS, the DNS changes too long to propagate and yeah, and yeah. certain people can't see the site and everything else. Yeah, definitely. And you get that bit where, where, where a shareholder or a, uh, an investor or somebody is going, the site, yeah. what I'm seeing the old site, what's wrong? What have you done? You know, ah yeah it hasn't propagated everywhere we're seeing the right side what's going on and then yeah it can be a bit of an emotional issue um there was something else that popped into my head it's just jumped straight out which is like utterly really irritating and annoying i'm sure it will come back in at some point it was a really obvious one as well um oh what was it i think if to me. passwords is another one that can be like something that i you don't often see people forget it i guess but like little things around how you migrate passwords like if you're moving to shopify you can't migrate passwords and yeah. that reactivation piece is really important and getting that right um and also the kind of ux elements of that so if someone's trying to log in making sure that there's a prompt to reactivate an account or like comms around it all that kind of stuff yes um, yeah, I'm yeah, that's a very. I've remembered my thing now. Right, uh, SSLs. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent sure that the SSL has been set up correctly. That the certificate's valid. The new site recognises you're not getting any weird things saying certificate expired or, or it's not shown uh, the the secure link in the browser. And if you've, you're reusing an existing SSL, that there isn't a weird thing where the current site and the new site, which are using the same SSL, have got a conflict. Um, it's just, I mean, it seems obvious, but it's amazing how you can just assume that is right and it might not be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it all comes down to what we said at the start, which is this is not a perfect science, but it comes with having a checklist and following that and making sure that you don't push a button until you're sure that you've ticked all of those boxes off. And then if you discover anything that you hadn't thought about, that now goes on your checklist for the next time you get into this position. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so broad as well. And the more people you get involved in that as possible. Like another one we haven't talked about too much is like fraud and little things like that. And like that's probably it's probably going to be like a finance person that, or maybe someone from like ops that kind of brings that to the table and they would really know kind of, you know, what needs to be in place on that side um, in terms of like checklists. So yeah, just getting, I guess, as much detail from as many people as possible and trying to real, really like hone in on the main, on the big things. Um, yeah, I think that's the key really. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. I think that's, that's been quite a useful, um, freestyling ramble around what the 48 hours before launch looked like and which pretty much looks like not sleeping to be honest. Yeah. Um, and and I think for anyone anyone who's listening who hasn't gone through it before, but they've got that on their horizon, it's just set expectations that this it it's not perfect. Things go wrong, um, but having the right structure and communicating and getting everyone to agree what go live looks like and what 
isn't going to be done for go live and what compromises need to be made in order to be live and that, that is properly agreed by the project sponsor and communicated to everyone so there's no ambiguity the last thing you want is ambiguity where people are working at cross purposes if you have that clarity it doesn't mean that you won't have bumps and issues to deal with but at least everyone's working to the same page and the worst thing that i found is people working to different ends to try and get live and you find out what you needed somebody in merchandise to do they've not done and now it's too late for them to finish it that to me is a critical bit is get everybody aligned uh, and then you minimise the the disruption. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, any parting comments? Any any pearls of wisdom, Paul? You want to drop on the listeners before we uh, say goodbye? I don't think so. I think um, yeah. I guess like just build this planning around the technologies you're using as well, and yeah, get as many people in as possible. But I think you've sum- summarised it really well there. To be honest, but yeah, it, like you say, really important area. Cool. Excellent. I always enjoy listening to you because because I know you're in the detail more often than I am. So it's a few points, as you said, which I'm, I'm going to uh, jot down for myself as a sense check as well. And uh, yeah, please do send me your checklist that we talked about in the last few weeks, because I'm, I'm sure there's some really useful stuff in there that I could learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, if you've got any questions, file them over to me and Paul via email, via social. Um, yeah, and, uh, and if you do like the episode, please do share it uh, with other people. Great. Thanks, everyone.